0: What are we doing? Why are we doing it? And how did we get here? I mentioned once before that uh, currently, and for the last almost four years, I've lived on land and we live in a tiny home, which is a 36 foot late nineties RV. But a decision like that and a move like that doesn't come overnight. What happened was, was over a series of many years, I had been looking at what I had been doing my whole life at that point. Being that I moved out as a teenager and in my 20s was completely ambitious. The only thing I wanted was to be powerful and wealthy. The reason for that was that I felt there was far too little of that when I was a kid. And when you live in a home where especially your father uh, idealizes the lifestyle of people who have more than you do, that becomes an unconscious value that is really hard to put down. I remember one time when we were driving home from doing a janitorial job that we do every weekend for extra money. I saw an exotic car, not unusual to see in Los Angeles. And I said, wow, look at that. And my dad said, don't look at things like that. That's not for people like us. That's for other people, people who are born into money. So in my 20s, I set out to disprove that theory. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show him you can make all the money in the world, and, you know, that old idea of you can change your stars. So I had two or three jobs at any given moment, usually one of them in a part-time, just-over intern kind of a situation in film and television, which was my dream. The other job was usually in sales. Both of them, I always used to say, had very similar behaviors in the sense that, you know, you're selling yourself in film and television, and you're selling yourself in sales. So how did I get to be on my 30th birthday, in the mountains, very depressed, sober, and ready to quit my six-figure income. What had happened was, is first, in this city, that kind of money had us in an apartment that was substandard. You know, we had some toys, my wife and I, but it was nothing, nothing fancy and definitely not the ideal. And I saw that even though I had climbed a ladder, the corporate ladder in this case, the ladder was leaned up against the wrong building. And what I mean by that was, A, in the selfish realm, I knew that I could never make the kind of money that would get me to the place where the people my father and I saw living in Los Angeles had these massive mansions, these incredible cars, these kind of, it seems like magic, right? They can go and do whatever they want. And this was long before social media, so I saw this with my own eyes. It wasn't that fear of missing out kind of thing that you see from Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff today, which is even more prevalent. But... I saw that that was not going to be brought to life at my day job. So in the pursuit of more freedom and the pursuit of aspiring to be my own business owner, I went into a job that I was doing as a freelance uh, associate and worked harder and recruited pretty heavily, got to the highest permanent position in the company, and then found that ended up being a job in and of itself. So I went into working in film and television. That was sporadic. Anyway, this question is about, how I got to where I am and where you are. That's a little bit of my background. Now, where I find myself at the latter half of my 30s, finally making enough money, whereas money is not an everyday conscious concern, and I'm able to pursue the things I want to without fear of the financial setback that that would cause. So for instance, writing and even doing what I'm doing here. So my public speaking and my venture into public speaking again as, a, uh, as an individual, because I did a lot of public speaking for AT&T and Apple and everything I did in the corporate world. But now I'm doing it on my own for a different purpose and without getting paid at first because it's just something I was drawn to. But the reason that I went into that big time change at a time in my life where I felt very old, I've always felt very old, was because, and I wasn't, I was turning 30, but uh, I felt I was destined for something more than just increasing marginally the line item for a giant corporation, even though I liked the people I worked with and I certainly liked my employees. I also felt that working for someone for the next 40 to 50 years was going to be an impossibility for me. I didn't like the idea of always deciding whether or not I could go see a loved one or go on a vacation or, you know, attend an event or be a part of something special would be dependent on the position that it came during my job. And, you know, I mean, small examples of someone in your family passed on or you want to go help someone, um, you're not able to do that because of this thing that you owe your time to. That never really made rational sense to me after the first 10 years. And I guess a little bit of my ambition died off in the sense that I realized that it wasn't going to bring me the millions and millions that I had hoped it would, and the separation between a extremely ambitious and hardworking, you know, 20-something who didn't have the connections that someone who went to a, you know, name brand college would have was not going to get to the place that he wanted to through the means that he was trying. So you're at work, you're working in a day job, a cubicle, an office, at home, whatever the case is, and you feel a lot of the same sensation. What am I doing? Where is this going? Why am I here? How did I get here? In most of our cases, the getting there came completely by accident. You know, how many stories have you heard one thing led to another and this is what I do today? Here's what I'd say, being a guy who left it all to go pursue something. If you don't hate the job, but you know you must quit, make a plan, and you've heard this before, but or maybe you haven't, make a plan and have some timelines in it. So maybe it's an escape tra- uh, trajectory in the sense that you go, okay, well, if I took these clients, and this is allowed by my company, or I looked into this industry, and I took the skill set of what I'm doing right now for a boss, and I did it on my own, I'd actually able- be able to make a little more money and have a lot more freedom. That's one system. You're at a job you absolutely hate, in an industry you absolutely hate, and you have something you would want to pursue like a dream. What I did to begin with when I was trying to pursue acting is I did hosting, I did uh, improv comedy, I did stand-up. All after work so I could really you know dip my toe in that industry to see if it was something I really want to pursue full-time. Inevitably it was something that I ended up pursuing but this is the best way to kind of set yourself up to figure out if what you're doing is something you can see yourself doing in 40 years. Now if you've never asked yourself that question I have a sobering reality for you. Most people who do retire from a job that they've had since they got out of high school or college have no idea where that time went. So if this is coming to you in a point in your life where you have not even realized that you've been at a job you hate for the last 10 to 20 years, I say take a very hard look at where you are, figure out financially how you may be able to walk away from this as quickly as you can with the money you need to be able to take care of yourself and your family, but do not stay indebted to a company merely because it's your experience. Realize that corporation in this country, or probably anywhere, um, is there to make you feel like leaving that surroundings would be like leaving a spaceship in space that all of a sudden you're dead because you you have no way of existing outside of their you know little their little world, so that's a lie. I could tell you countless stories literally of people who have left their job that they thought they could never leave and gone on to you know live completely happy lives that feel like they were detached from this machine. I remember when I first left at & t in apple and i went on a month-long camping trip and I called it Corporate Detox. And what I meant by that was the ideas that anyone who was hired before me or anyone who got a promotion above me was somehow more intelligent and more right than I was. What a preposterous idea. And now being the last 10 years self-employed, I look at that and I think, wow, I'm still casting off that spell that was taught to me in high school and college, which is if they have a higher degree, if they again are just someone who is there before you, they're automatically in charge, and therefore you have to listen to their every word. This is toxic, and a lot of reasons that people stay in any kind of relationship, whether or not it's their work or their, you know, I don't even know, hobby or their, you know, their marriage relationships with friends. You feel that there's some kind of seniority that's keeping you in place. And what I'm saying is, take fractional vacations from that. How about you take a three or four day weekend? and you experiment at doing that industry that you want to go into. This is possible now with the internet. It would only take you, a, you know, a few moments to be able to research it. And if it takes you a lot of time, use your work's time to do that. I'm absolutely advocating that. You are a human that when you pass on, your work doesn't care. So go ahead and leverage the, uh, the time that you're spending at work to look into what you want to do. And if you don't and you love your job, more power to you. But I find that whole expression of if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. I've known like two people you know, who really have that. Even in film and television, you can love what you're doing but have really hard, bad days. So that whole loving what you do, never work a day in your life is kind of an illusion. You have to do something that excites you, energizes you, and makes you at the end of the day be able to look back and say, I did that. That's something that's actually done that I did with my hands. Maybe it's something that you want to create. Maybe it's something you want to create with your imagination. Maybe it's a business you want to create. What you want to do is have these compartments in your life where you say this was a chapter, this was a chapter. And if you work the same business for 20, 30, 40 years, that just slips away. We're giving such a high percentage of our time, effort, and passion to someone else's endeavor. And if that's okay, that's okay. But I say take a long meditative look at what you're doing and see if it's not bringing you the happiness that you just take for granted and say, oh yeah, I'm fine. Maybe it is detracting energy from your family. Maybe it is detracting energy from your passion. Maybe it is detracting energy from something else you could be doing. Unplug from that spell that you're put under that started in school, that has existed now in the corporate world, and say, if tomorrow money wasn't an object, what would I do? Obviously, the first answer to that is hang out on a beach and drink pina coladas. After that, trust me, you'd get bored. What would you do with your time if money was no longer an issue? I want you to ponder that till the next podcast because this is some powerful stuff that we'll definitely go into later, but take it from a guy who worked 15 years as hard as he possibly can, three jobs a day, and then said enough's enough, and have had to figure out what he's gonna do for the next 10 years. I'm not gonna say it's easy what I did, but many of you have better connections and the technology is much more advanced than where I was, and I also left during the largest recession of my lifetime. I do encourage you to start experimenting with your future, because I don't need to tell you life is short. The best part about this is you can start today, you can start tomorrow, but uh, I encourage you to start. Thank you so much for listening.